Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friend, and welcome back to Above Par. This is Kathy. So we need to talk about the Masters. You know, it's my favorite week, golf week of the year for sure. And I must be honest with you, I was hoping for a little closer leaderboard going into the last day, or just not the gap. I think everybody from second place and down were pretty close, just not as big of a gap, you know, because that was quite a big um, deficit for them to keep up or to make up. But it was fun to watch. I At the turn, I thought it was over, right? But you never know what's going to happen on the back nine. And I had the opportunity to watch with my family, which includes my brother who's played in five masters himself. So it was really fun to listen to where the balls would land and he would just say, see ya, like that, knowing, knowing that that one's out of there. When Hideki hit it in the water, he said, oh, he's got no shot. He can't land this on the green. He was describing exactly where he needed to uh, leave the ball, which was a foot short of that green and just trying to putt and walk out of there with a bogey because if he landed on the green, it was going to go in the water. So it's always fun to um, to listen to somebody who's been there and played played and talks about the different situations and different places that the players were in because it gave it a different perspective, you know, um, as well. And the other thing that I think is real was really impressive that's worth noting about is Zalatoros. And his story is amazing. Coming in from the Corn Ferry Tour, and he just uh, placed well in the open, and that got him in. And he walked around and played like he belonged there. And when you listen to his interview after the round, that's what he said. He said, I, you know, I believe that I belong here, that I'm supposed to be here. And he didn't just say it as words. He believed it to his core. That is the difference. That is not, that's the difference between when we just say fluff words that we wish we believed and actually believing it. He produced those results and acted like he belonged there. He played like he belonged there. And not in a cocky or arrogant way. It's just a knowing. That's what self-confidence is. It's just a knowing deep in your core about your beliefs and identities about yourself, even though I'm not going to talk about self-confidence today, but he really exuded that and it showed in the way he played. We also went through, so I was watching with my daughter who's young, you know, like in her, she's in her early 20s, and then my brother's daughter who's a freshman in college, and they're much faster on the phone than I am. So I was curious on the origin of Zalatoris's name. I guessed he was Greek. That was my guess. I said, I wonder what it was. And of course, b- before I could even pull out my phone, they have, they've already pulled it up on their phones. And some interesting fun facts that they do not know the origin of that name. And there's less than 100 people with that last name in the world or the United States. I don't know which one that was, but there's not very many. So anyway, we do not know. If anybody knows the origin of the last name Zalotoros, um, share that with me. But as they, of course, as they were Googling it, then they start pulling up all these memes. <laughs> Poor guy. He's a skinny guy, right? He is a very skinny guy. So, but they're pulling up all these memes of um, comparing to him to one of the characters on Happy Gilmore. I don't remember this character. I mean, I remember him when I saw the face, but I don't remember the name. <laughs> and that, uh, that was funny, the poor guy. And Owen Wilson, they compared him to as well. So I think there were a couple other memes, but man, people pop up those memes right away for, um, <laughs> he's only been on the scene for a few days. But anyway, I love the Masters. Always so fun. A great time. And my sister-in-law made um, bento cheese sandwiches for appetizers while we were watching. Mm, yeah. 
mm, it's not not my thing. You know, it's like a one bite kind of thing for me. Not a whoo, not a sandwich. Those things are rich. But anyway, we got a little flavor of actually being at the Masters. So I wanted to talk to you today about how to prepare for a round. We can kind of put our self in the golf shoes of some of the players thinking about how they prepared for one of the most pressure-filled tournaments of the year. Um, but I want to talk about how you prepare for a round. And it's really important that you do prepare. Like I think a lot of people jump into rounds of golf and they just, just walk up to the golf course and just start hitting balls and going and playing. And I think that's totally fine when you're having an average round or just an, a normal round of golf where you might be just playing with some friends or you know just hanging out and goofing off. No big deal, right? You just go and warm up. If you warm up, I hope you warm up. And then jumping on the first tee. Not a big deal. And I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking more about when you're preparing for a golf tournament or a tournament or an event that matters to you. How do you prepare? And I want to share with you some really effective ways to prepare, mentally to prepare, and the reasons why you want to do them. So I talk a lot about this in my masterclass that I teach. I'll have a link for that, and you're welcome to take a look at that. But I, I go through the steps of this in my masterclass. And preparing for a round is so important mentally so that you're not blindsided. And the other thing is that your brain produces a lot of thoughts and we need to declutter them and make sure that they're serving us, that they're working for us and not against us. You have thoughts about that round, whether you know it or not. Or not. Most of us have mismanaged minds. <laughs> I might have mentioned that before. Just because we're never really taught how to do all of this stuff. I certainly wasn't taught. I did not know. I just tried to figure it out on my own. I definitely could have used someone to help me uh, manage my mind and my emotions on the golf course because they matter. Right? You could watch that when you were watching the Masters. You could see that happening live right in front of your eyes, the emotions that were affecting their golf. So you want to manage your thoughts before you go out and play. That's preparing, mentally preparing for that round. So what would that look like? Well, this is the thing. I want you to think of it as having a like a junk drawer. You have a junk drawer that has a bunch of crap in it, right? You have broken things in there and batteries and change laying around and broken pens and pencils with no tips on it and old ticket stubs and four copies of the same takeout menu. <laughs> okay, so I'm describing, <laughs> now you know what my junk drawer looks like. But you know that junk drawer that I'm talking about, that we just kind of shove all the extra things into it. Our brain can be that way too, if we don't clean it out. So I want you to picture that you're going to clean out this junk drawer. In our brain, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And whether you know it or not, you're going to get results from them, whether you hear those thoughts or not. So we need to get to the bottom of this junk drawer to see what's in there. So you're going to take them all out. You're going to take all the junk out of your drawer and you're going to clean the drawer out and you're going to start with a clean slate. And then you're going to decide on what you want to put back into the drawer. What serves me in this drawer? What do I need to be in this drawer? Do I need the broken rubber band? Do I need three copies of the same takeout menu in this drawer? Right. Do I need 17 pens and 42 pencils? <laughs> I'm saying that's actually probably in my junk drawer right now. Right. Do I need to put those things back into the junk drawer? And this is what we do with our thoughts. So you want to dump out all of your thoughts that you have about the round that you're about to play. What that would include, that would be things about the golf course, the event, the format, certain holes on the course, 
You might want to just think about the people you're playing with, how you're hitting it going into that round, the weather, the club you're at, right? All of the things. And that changes, right? From round to round because the weather's not the same every day. Your pairing might not be the same. The course might not be the same. The conditions change, right? They aerate, they don't aerate. Uh, they top dress. Things are longer. The grass gets longer in different times of the year that the rough than others, right? Things change. So you do want to do this every time before you play. And this is not going to take you too long, but this is the way I want you to do it. This is a really good exercise for you learning how to manage your mind. And I teach all this in my masterclass in more detail, but I'm going to give you the short version right here. You're going to dump your brain out onto a piece of paper. So you're going to just, you can give yourself a prompt like the golf course, the tournament, what are my thoughts about all of them? And just write them all out. You might have random thoughts in there like, what am I gonna have for lunch? And what shoes am I gonna wear? And then you'll go back to the course. That's fine, that's what our brain does. It goes all over the place, right? You might be right and then like, oh, squirrel, oh, there's a butterfly, right? It's okay, just write as much as you can write about all of it. And then you wanna notice if you have a thought in there that's like, it might rain, I don't think I play very well in the rain. I don't like Betty and I got paired with Betty. She talks too much. These are thoughts that don't serve you on putting back into the junk drawer. You want to clean them up. You want to decide if you want to keep them or if you need to shift them and think of something different. So you're going to sort through everything that you can possibly think of. We we're totally can't come up with everything, but just obvious things that you have just about the different situations that you're going to run into for that round, for that specific round, including the people that you're playing with. And you want to notice what thoughts aren't serving you, clean them up, and then decide what you want to put back into your brain. What do you want to think about Betty? If Betty talks too much and your thought is that if she starts talking, I'm going to get super annoyed. When she starts talking, your brain is going to, is going to look for that and go, here she goes. It's time for you to get annoyed because that's what you've told your brain to do, right? That does not serve you on the golf course. That's not, that's not going to produce the results that you want. So you want to say, all right, what am I going to think about Betty? She's going to talk too much. And how am I going to be pre prepared? What do I need to think so that I don't get annoyed? Because when I'm annoyed, I make swings that I do not like. And that leads to me being more annoyed, right? Because now I'm going to really blame Betty for all of it. Or if you're, if the greens just got aerated, let's say, and you're going to, you're kind of ticked off that the greens are aerated and you have to play in this event and your thought is, I don't putt well on aerated greens. Just for the record, nobody putts well on aerated greens, right? It's just, they're bumpy. And if you have that thought and you don't clean it up, the minute you hit a putt that you don't hit very well, or you three putt, or, you know, one hits one of those aeration marks and goes offline, you're going to get annoyed, right? Your brain goes, see? You don't put well on aerated greens. And now you're going to start blaming other people, the grounds crew or whatever, for the greens being aerated. So you want to clean up all those thoughts and notice the ones that, mm, I don't think that's going to serve me. That one's not going to work. I don't think I want to put that back into my junk drawer. And then you want to make sure that you're putting deliberate thoughts back in. Clean them up and say, what do I want to think about that hole? What do I want to think about the day? This is how you know if a thought is serving you. It feels good. It doesn't feel bad, right? So thoughts that don't serve us are negative thoughts that produce negative actions that produce negative results. Those don't serve us, right? So if you have a thought that produces pressure or stress or anxiety or nerves or anger or annoy, you being annoyed, 
right? That's not going to produce your best swings over the golf ball. You're not going to think your best. You're not going to show up your best. You might not be somebody that's nice, you know, so great to hang with. And then you're going to produce results that are similar to those thoughts, right? So in other words, if your thought is I don't putt well on those greens, the result's going to be that you don't putt well on those greens, right? Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not saying that you have to like the aerated greens. I'm just saying you a thought as simple as everybody has to put on these greens. I just got to do the best I can. Feels so much lighter than the thought I never put well on these greens. It's a small shift that makes a difference in how you feel and how you show up. So you have to try thoughts on, and it can be just shifting one word or two, and it can be just getting to neutral. You don't have to like chatty Betty, right? All you have to do is manage and tolerate uh, Betty during that round so that she doesn't get in your kitchen and ruin your round. And she can't ruin your round, by the way. Only you allow her to from your thoughts, right? You don't want your thoughts about Betty to ruin your round, is probably a better way to say that because you're thinking that she's talks too much. And because she talks too much, you can't focus or you don't play well, and then you're not going to play well. So you want to clean that up. You want to clean up everything that has to do with that round for that day and put back in what you like, put back in what serves you. And then I also want you to come up with a little arsenal of thoughts that work for you when you're not playing very well, when you're hitting a couple bad shots in a, row, in a row that you don't like, how are you going to lift yourself up? What thoughts are you going to have that feel better than the the chain reaction of thoughts we can have when we start playing poorly, right? Like, here we go. Oh my gosh. The, you know, this is, I'm making too many bogeys. I need to start making some birdies. I have to make up for this, right? I'm going to score really badly. This is going to be horrible. You know, I'm going to disappoint my team, whatever it is, those thoughts kind of get like a snowball effect and start building on each other because our brain is very negative. It loves to go to the negative. You have to be onto it. So you need to have a thought or two or four or five that you can come back to, to lift yourself up, right? If I focus and I stay present, I can rally, right? One shot at a time. I got this. I can recover. Any, anything that works for you, don't give up keep going. You got this. You have to have a few thoughts that work for you, that lift you up, that make you feel pretty good and be on to your brain on going to the negative. Nothing's gone wrong because your brain starts talking negatively negatively to you. It is what brains do. They are just designed to start talking negatively, but you want to stop that. That is not something you want to put in your junk drawer, right? You got to kick that sucker out, <laughs> the junk drawer. It's like your, that's like that extra menu all of a sudden pops back in the drawer. You're like, how'd you get in here? Out, out you go, <laughs> right? So those are your really the three things that you want to do to prepare for a round. You want to dump all your thoughts that you have about that round out on a piece of paper. You want to decide what you want to put back in your I want to make sure that you know that my masterclass is you. open. That is and where we know walk that it through you these steps that I talk about in this podcast. Negative. It's a positive I help feeling. you manage your thoughts, your emotions on the golf course, going to around the game of golf, that you like, so that right? you can perform better. better so if you're interested, make sure you head over to masteryourgolfbrain.com. I hope to see feeling in class. or emotion on the golf course. And then you want to have an arsenal of thoughts that you can think of for the day. I like for you to have about a half a dozen of them so that you can, you know, because some are going to resonate a little bit more than others. And it, you might want some that are 
that you use relative to your swing and things that you're working on in your swing that help you focus and stay present and have those in your pocket so for when things go south. And then this is the thing. You get to do this all the next round because no two rounds are the same. You're going to have different conditions and different people to play with, right? So you want to do it before every round. Let's say the next round you're in the lead. Now you've got all kinds of things that you need to clean up about those thoughts. What are your thoughts about being in the lead? Are you starting to feel that pressure? What are you saying to yourself? Clean out that junk drawer and all of that. If you want more help with this, you can check out the masterclass that I have at masteryourgolfbrain.com. The link will be in the notes below. But get started here. Clean up that brain so you can bring out your best golf out to the golf course. All right, you got this. And I'll talk to you next week.